All right, good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, May 20th. I'm Adam Martin. This is AJ Shulo. It's the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I uh, hope you guys are doing really well today. Got a pretty good card to preview today, guys. Bellator 259. AJ, I know you're a big fan of these Bellator cards lately, man. They, they've been pretty stacked um, in relation to, I think, some of the cards they normally do, just because I think so many fighters have been laid off because of COVID. Um, they've been stacking these cards, a lot of big names in the prelims, et cetera. But, you know, from a BOD's point of view, AJ, once again, um, you compare this card to, say, the UFC card on Saturday. There's a lot more bigger favorites, but there are some, you know, competitive fights as well. But uh, anyways, AJ, how's it going, man? And give me your uh, just, like, overall thoughts on the card. Good. I'm looking over at, at this screen at you today, my other, my other monitor. So if people are wondering, that's why. I'm actually looking at Adam right now, even though I might not look like it. That's okay. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bellator 259. Um, dude, we got this card and then we got two great cards in June. So this is going to close us off for Bellator in the month of May, uh, rematch cyborg versus Smith. And then we also got a rematch in the co-main Caldwell versus Higo. Mm -hmm. Uh, the results are very clear the first time, but, um, we could talk a little bit about maybe why I think the rematch with the Caldwell fight could go a little differently. Uh, Paige Van Zandt's husband, uh, I know him, you know, him as Austin Vanderford, um, great fighter. He's taking on Leon Edwards, brother. So I love that fight. And I also like Brett Johns versus Danny Sabatello. So, dude, we got like former UFC fighters. We got fighters affiliated with the UFC, former Contender Series guys. This card's got a little bit of everything. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Me too, man. Me too. Uh, so let's just get right into it, AJ. I mean, we'll start with the prelims as always and work our way up. And like I said, there's some big names on these prelims, man. Brett Johns is on these prelims, guys. So there's some quality fights here. This first one. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of these fights on paper, AJ, do look like mismatches. But... Having said that, there have been some pretty crazy upsets lately. Like the last card, there was two underdogs that were plus 600 or better, I think, that won. The dude that knocked out uh, Corrales, or I, I can't remember if he submitted him or knocked him out, but that guy, and there was another guy that was also a huge underdog that won. So who knows? I mean, maybe one of these big dogs will surprise. So let's pull the card up here. Because again, a lot of these fighters are a little bit lesser known than the UFC. We need a little bit of help with this one. So these guys, Alexander Shabili and Alfie Davis, kick off the card. And yeah, I mean the odds are hugely in Shabili's favor here, minus four sixty-five, and Davis plus three seventy. Does the dog have a chance in this one, AJ, or no? Of, of course he has a chance, but I mean this is just another example of uh, an awesome prelim, right? These guys are super experienced, and uh, uh, Shabli is, is a stud. Um, Shab Shabli, excuse me, uh, great fighter, Russian fighter, um, dude. I, I'm I'm wondering why he's this fight isn't on the main card, like this in the next fight we'll talk about. But like, I guess I'm still happy though, that they have this on the card. Um, I think the favorite probably rolls. Uh, of course you said upsets do happen, but I tend to think that they're less likely to happen with these more proven fighters. And mm -hmm. as you pointed out with his record, he's very experienced. Um, I think he goes out there and does his thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, both guys, like you said, very experienced. He, this guy's been in Bellator already, Alfie Davis, but uh, the Russian guy, man, I mean, he's got some good wins. Adrian Martins, that's a good win, right? That's mm -hmm. a guy who knocked out Islam Akachev, so that's a good win. Um, he hasn't fought in two years, though, AJ. Does that give you any pause, the layoff? Oh, for sure. I think activity is is always important. I don't think it's end-all, be-all in a matchup, but, uh, you know, it, it is definitely something I factor into my handicapping process. How about you? Yep. It does, but I think in especially when the fights are kind of like mismatches, it, not as much, you know what I mean? But if the fight's super close, you need edges – then like something like a layoff is going to be an edge, you know what I mean? But in a fight like this, AJ, I don't know, man. Like this one, I'm pretty sure they're, they're fair rules, but yeah, the, I just don't love betting on these massive unproven guys in Bellator, honestly, guys. Like I mean, it's 
you know, you're, you're laying almost five to one on this dude, but you should roll. So, stop Adam and AJ, you guys rock. Thanks, man. Tim, uh, Toriano, what's going on, Tim? Glad that you're in the chat, buddy. Yeah, so I think we'll both go with the favor in this one, guys. Uh, next one, yeah, this fight I'm actually looking forward to hearing your thoughts on, AJ. Uh, we got two guys that, quite frankly, could be in the UFC right now. Brett Johns was in the UFC. He left Bellator because he said he was offered a better contract, so you can't blame the guy. And then Danny Sabatello had, a, like, a really big lopsided win on contender series. Dana White passed because it was, like, a decision. He, he only really, like, exciting guys that finish their fights. So he got passed on, but, I mean, he's got good wrestling, so... Man, AJ, two guys that are very good grappling games. And right now we got the odds. Brett Johns, he's a solid favorite, minus 240, but nothing crazy. And Danny Sabatello, plus 200. So gain some respect. Line's gone down a little bit. Give me your thoughts on this one, man. Yeah, honestly, I think – well, I think it's a, a good test for, for both guys. But I think this is a pretty – good test for Johns to be honest with you. I mean, I think people might be looking at this matchup and going like, oh, this is Johns all day. Like, you know, he's he's beaten good UFC fighters. He's the more proven fighter. He should go out here and smoke this guy. Stylistically, though, it's not an easy matchup for him, though. Mm -hmm. I, You know, Sabatello comes from an NCAA Division One wrestling background. Um, and this isn't me being biased, you know, because he's, he's from, like, the same town as me. Like, he's actually, like, a legit good wrestler, like, from Purdue, like a, a national uh, champion qualifier um, three-time. And, dude, he reminds me, uh, stylistically, that is, of Gregor Gillespie, just nonstop with the takedowns. It is tough to stop that style unless if you could just scramble up enough to get the guy tired or just knock him out on the way in. And honestly, man, like when I was watching tape on Johns, like, yeah, I mean, he's a good judo practitioner, but we've seen him taken down plenty of times in the UFC rather easily, too. Uh, Gravely took him down against the fence with literally no resistance. Johns didn't even spread his legs like – uh, I got taken down from a uh, in the clinch by Montel Jackson. I mean, like, these are good fighters and everything, but, like, I also think Sabatello could take him down too. So I always just kind of wonder, like, if John's, like, could keep this guy off of him. Of course, like, I haven't really seen Sabatello put on his back. Um, maybe that creates an unknown. Like, maybe John's just submits him. John's is a better submission grappler on paper. But, like, dude, I would not want to lay this price on John's, like, because I just – I don't think it's an easy fight for him. I don't. Maybe I look – Maybe that looks foolish in hindsight, but I don't care. That's what my homework tells me. I just I don't feel comfortable laying the price on Johns, even though I, I respect the hell out of him and and I I bet him against Montel Jackson. I just I don't think this is an easy fight for him. Yeah, I actually agree with you, AJ, in this one, man. I think this guy, like I said, he could be in the UFC right now. He's caught that high level wrestling. He just got passed on by Dana for some reason. The fight wasn't exactly exciting, but I mean. He won 3024 AJ in his fight on, uh, in the UFC. Like I think we have stats for that. Let me see what the stats say. I want to see how much top control he had. I think it was like 14 minutes of the fight, which is just crazy to me. Mm -hmm. He's coming in at short notice, though, guys. That's one thing you got to keep in mind here. Um, I think AJ, maybe if he had a full camp, I'd feel more confident with Sabatello. Because I actually think he's a live dog, guys, to be honest with you. So I kind of, I'm kind of with AJ. Let me pull this guy's stats up, AJ. Look at this. It's, kind of, it's pretty impressive for what it is. We do have some stats. Like, you know, 14 minutes and six seconds of ground control. <laughs> look, look at the scorecard. 30-24. 30, 25, 30, 26, and they just passed on him. But, I mean, that's a dominant performance. Like, the guy did what he needed to do. I get that it's – you got to understand, Dana White's contender series, that's Dana White's show. So, if you don't do what he wants, which is get finishes, you probably won't get signed. But I think that this guy should have been in the UFC probably, AJ. And I, I feel like he's a live dog here, man. But mm -hmm. because of the short notice, I still kind of got to go with Brett Johns, just a slight lean. It's just a slight lean, though. Um, I think the people that started betting on uh, Sabatello early, at those big odds were were in the were in the right. I think AJ, the odds opened at minus three sixty and plus two eighty five. Well, that line was way too high, you know. So anyone mm -hmm. who got that plus two eighty five, I think that's a decent line on a guy that 
is a live dog. But again, the short notice, AJ. If he had a full camp, I'd feel more confident. But it is what it is. I'll pick Brett Johns to win a decision. But I think it's going to be a really tough fight for him, guys. I really do. The Sabatello guy is not uh, a bomb by any means. All right, let's go to the women's fight here. Leia McCourt and Janae Harding. And McCourt uh, missed weight today, AJ. I think she came in at like 149 or something. Like she was 149.5, I believe. Way overweight for this fight. Um, right now, the odds for this one have – it's basically a pick em. It's a pick em fight. So give me your thoughts on this one, AJ. you got McCourt against Harding, two uh, young women here. What do you think? Um, I slightly favor McCourt. I just think she's a bit more talented. Um, but as we can see here, she's only five fights into her career. I mean, I'm really happy that she gets – opportunities wasn't there like um there was supposed to be a headliner not too long ago maybe it was a previous fight and it got scrapped and, it, and rather it was her and her opponent mm -hmm. got, that got the headlining opportunity so yeah. um i mean she's she's an easy fighter to root for um it's not even like a bias i just i think she's a better fighter here um harding is, is definitely a, a sift test for her uh but uh you know i would like to see mccourt win here maybe we could see her in the ufc one day um you know she's getting built up i think the right way and so is harding i'm not starting to say this is a, set, a setup fight or anything like that but i do think that mccourt uh probably goes out here and, and gets her uh, hand raised and probably a, a grappling based decision man the weight miss really bothers me though guys i gotta be honest with you like that's a big weight miss and it's, she wasn't even close she took all her clothes off they were like make sure the curtain doesn't fall we don't want people to see her naked <laughs> i was watching the clip today on uh on belt on uh, their twitter they posted it right so she looked like she struggled, man. And Harding's a you know pretty young fighter, improving. So I don't know. I personally don't have any interest in betting in this fight. I would, I would guess, I would lean towards McCourt too, AJ, just because I she is a little bit more proven, I think. But man, guys, I mean, this fight, you can literally flip a coin, I think, and, and think of a lean here. The only thing I will say is, you know, in a fight like this, it's that close. It's a perfect example. Talk what I just said, uh, the layoff from McCourt, year and a half layoff. So maybe in a close fight, that could give an edge to Harding, who just fought a few months ago, maybe. Midnight Blues, this show is underrated. Uh, people missing out. I agree, man. We have a damn good show here, guys. A lot. We bring the knowledge here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go to the next one here. Davion Franklin is Tyler King. Let's take a look at these guys here. Um, odds for this one, AJ. Uh, Davion Franklin, a minus 950 favorite, and Tyler King, plus 625. This is what I'm talking about, guys. You know, I I, I watched Bellator. I enjoy Bellator. I'm just saying, like, I prefer UFC-style matchmaking where the lines are like pick-ems. Like, this is, this is obviously a setup fight, and this dude should smash this guy. Here's the thing about this guy. This is concerning to me because he's been knocked out in five straight fights um, in MMA, which is very concerning that they would even allow this fight to happen against a guy who, again, is a minus 950 figure in Franklin. So, I mean, AJ, I don't think there's much to say about this fight. This dude's probably going to knock the guy in the first round. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, pretty much. But, like, I mean, the thing is, like, I noticed that the community does is, like, especially with undefeated fighters, they, like, look at the record with no losses and they go, oh, they haven't lost yet, therefore they can't lose. But, like, yeah. you got to acknowledge, like, they're, they're like he's only two and oh like yeah he's talented he has upside but like he's not a perfect fighter by any means far from it so i always again people could do whatever they want to do with their money but for me i do not do not ever want to play minus almost a thousand you said at, at two yep. and oh guy he's just so unproven like yep. i would rather lay that you know not even that price you know we talk about minus 500 is my limit anywhere near that high I want a more proven guy in a good stylistic matchup. There's just simply better opportunities to for yeah. me to put my money on that than say this. But I think he probably rolls. No, I, I agree with everything you said. I'm just saying, like this fight is a complete mismatch. This guy shouldn't. He's 40 years old. He's been knocked out in five straight MMA fights. This fight shouldn't have been made. This fight is a joke. This guy's gonna knock him out. Maybe if you get under one and a half, I think that would be a way to go in for this fight. There is no odds for that yet, guys. 
this fight doesn't go the distance minus 350. I mean, I, I don't see this fight going the distance, AJ. So, I mean, if you're looking for a parlay piece, that would be something, guys, I would say. This fight not going the distance, but it's up to you. All right, let's go to the next fight here, AJ. Pull it up here, fire it up. Aviv Gonzalez against Sean Felton in the uh, lightweight division. And for the odds for this one, minus 45 for Aviv and Felton plus 385. Any thoughts on this one? Um, I would just side with the favorite here. I just think that, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, uh, Guzali should probably win. Um, but like, like we talked about, like we just seen rather, you know, just last card, you know, some of these guys, even some of the proven ones do lose. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't ever want to look at a matchup and say a guy can't lose, but yeah, sure. The favorite probably goes out here and wins. Um, I mean, what can I say? He's minus 500. I mean, it's just not, yeah. not a whole lot of analysis I could give. No matter what I say, people pretty much have their minds made up. It's it's essentially like confirmation bias. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. And this guy should roll. And again, I just this is what I hate what Belter does. They they get the, like they'll take one of their good prospects and find some random dude who hasn't fought in like two years. Like this guy hasn't fought since September 2019. He's coming off a draw, and he's actually one, two, and one over his last four fights. Are you kidding me? Come on. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Because if he's only won in the first round, maybe he gets tired if the fight goes to the second. Maybe he, his cardio gets exploited. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. This guy should win in the first round. Um, again, AJ, another mismatch, I would say. All right, let's go to the next one here. Sumiko Inaba versus Christina Katsikis. All right, let's take a look at the odds for this one. Minus 580 for Sumiko and uh, Katsikis, plus 440. One in one in oh versus one in one AG at these crazy like I don't understand how they can even set the odds this high. It's crazy. With one fight, this girl's fought minus over minus five hundred AJ. So <sighs> give me your thoughts on this one, man. Yeah, so again, the favorite here probably wins, but for people that aren't aware, the reason why I don't want to bet a price on a one and fighter like this is because there's just not enough data to know if these odds are even right or wrong. I'm not going to just blind a bet on the underdog just thinking, well, maybe they're wrong because like they could be right, but there's no way for me to confirm that they're not right, if that makes sense. So uh, whenever I'm handicapping fights, I want data. I want as much data as possible. Again, interviews, stats, that stuff's great. But fight footage is very, very important. And when you only have one fight on a fighter, mm -hmm. there is just only so much you could take away. And it didn't even go past the first round, as we're seeing here. So, uh, again, sit back and enjoy it. That's what I'm going to do. Picking the favorite, not going out on a limb. That's that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel even, like, less confident in this girl, though, than, like, say, the last guy, uh, Gonzalez, because at least he has five fights. Like, this girl only has one fight, guys. But again, AJ, look, they find this random fighter from, you know, Connecticut or New Hampshire or whatever who hasn't fought since November 2019. They get her in this fight. She's one in one. I don't know, man. Like, this is another mismatch. This is what I'm saying, guys. I just feel like UFC's matchmaking is so much better than Bellator's. Like, again, I like Bellator. I don't want to shit on him because I'm going to watch this card. But I just, I like the way the UFC does even fights, AJ. If you look at that card, it's all minus 110, like, minus 110 apiece. This one's all huge, huge underdogs. Uh, and huge favorites on the prelims. Um, let's look at this one. Grant Neal and Terry Fortune. Both guys 5-0. So I guess this one, you know, this is a fair fight. I would say a little bit more this one. This is a quality fight here, AJ. Two uh, light heavyweight prospects. Um, give me your thoughts on this one, man. We got Neal, like I said, as a, as a slight favorite here. Well, a pretty decent favorite, I guess. But uh, I would say that uh, Fortune, definitely live dog. What do you think? Well, am I reading that right? It says Fortune has no losses. He, he lost to Timothy Johnson. This is his brother, man, Tyree. 
That's Tyrone. Oh, is it really? Yeah, bro. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> AJ! I, I that. AJ! <laughs> it's that's okay. It's okay. No worries. Yeah, he. this is his brother, Tyree. So they're both undefeated. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Grant, you know, he probably wins. But, like, um, heavyweight fight, you know, anything that happens, sort of logic, uh, big one punch. And we saw something like this not too long ago with, like, PFL, man. It's just like – Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a like good point. These big, these big favorites, these guys, you know, even if they got a clear path yeah. to victory, if they can't get the fight to the ground, it just gives the other guy a bigger chance to land that big KO shot and end the fight. And then it's just like, if I got a minus 500 favorite on a heavyweight, even if he does have that grappling yeah. and wrestling upside, it's just still got to be kind of uh, unfortunate, you know, should he not even look to go there. So um, yeah, I think Neil wins, but yeah, not going to bet it or anything. So I just looked at Neil's odds historically, and the other two fights he had that had odds, he was minus a thousand or better in both those fights. So he's a big favorite again. I think that's kind of what they're basing it on. And Fortune's never actually had odds placed on his fights, but he is five and zero, and he's two and zero in Bellator. But again, AJ hasn't fought in like two years. It seems like they're bringing him here to lose. This Neil guy should win. Everything I've seen and heard from this guy, like people are saying, this guy could be a contender, guys. So he should go mm -hmm. in there and roll. But again, you're taking a risk here. A little bit because fortune is undefeated too you never know and he does have some power but and he's a big dude look he's got the height of reach too in this fight guys so i don't know uh neil probably should win but we'll see all right saw to wad and nate andrews um this fight's kind of interesting we got odds for this one and right now nate andrews a big favorite here aj minus 350 saw to wad plus 290 give me your thoughts on this fight yeah, I think Andrews is a big favorite, you know, partly, you know, of course he should win and all, but like, you know, a lot is just at the end of his career. I mean, we just, you know, there was two fights last UFC card where it's just like, if you're, if you're regressing, you're regressing. It's just, you know, it, it's just an unfortunate trend to be on. And uh, Awad, um, you know, just revisiting some of his older fights, like obviously he's on the losing streak, but, you know, he got finished by Daly, finished by Yamakauchi, who, um, that's a bit of a concern because Yamakauchi, decent fighter, but not particularly a dangerous finisher. And, um, you know, he's getting finished more frequently now. Uh, I can't trust Awad at this stage. I think Andrews probably rolls. Um, I think he's a more talented fighter with more upside. And um, like you're pulling up here, like, yeah, sure, he lost to Chris Wade, but Chris Wade's really talented in PFL and just a, just a completely different style matchup. And he beat Rashid Magomedov, who's a former UFC fighter, very talented. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's certainly capable, uh, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know about this one. I think that, you know, I've watched a wad fight for the last 10 years in Bellator. Like this guy, this is the kind of fight he does win. He does win fights occasionally. And I don't think Nate Andrews is that great a fight. He's also 37 years old as well. They're both 37. This guy, we're talking about upside AJ, an old man like this. I'm sorry, guys. I don't think he has too much upside. I agree that he's probably a better grappler and, you know, that'll probably help him win a decision here, but I think Awad's a lot darker, guys, honestly. Even despite the, the losing streak, this guy does have power, and he does have a little bit of wrestling at times. So I think he could go in there and get the upset, to be honest with you. I think it's a darker pass, AJ. I, wouldn't, I would not lay minus 350 on Nate Andrews. You kidding me? No way. He was only good value against Rashid because he was a huge underdog. He's not a good value here as a big favorite. I'm going to look at his odds historically, too. I always like to look at that. It's always a good thing to look at how people like perceive a fighter and then the next fight after they win. You know what I mean, AJ? It's always good to see what the difference was. Um, mm -hmm. for, for this one, can't even find it on here. Oh, here, so unorganized on best fight odds. Okay, so yeah, Andrews, yeah, he was a huge underdog in, in against Rashid, he was plus 385. So, again, there was value there, but again, you know, at, at these huge odds, I, I wouldn't trust him personally. There's a funny comment here from Cameron, he says that he didn't realize his brother. Yeah, I think <laughs> a lot of people are gonna get confused from those guys. It's okay, 
the first time I ever saw it, like I saw the other guy's name and I'm like, who's this the same? It's the same guy, right? And then I realized it was his brother. So yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to this fight here, AJ. Valerie Lareda against Hannah Guy. And this fight was elevated to the main card after uh, Christian Edwards and Ben Parrish flew off the card. That was another huge favorite, AJ, in that fight. Um, but this fight gets elevated right now. <laughs> another big favorite. <laughs> You're saying that whole day. Like I said, guys, I just like UFC matchmaking so much better when the fights are close and it's like you have to like really use your brain to like find an edge. You know what I mean? And th in these spots, like a fight like this, come on. I mean, it's pretty clear what Bellator wants to do and it's going to work. Valerie Lareda is probably going to finish this girl in the first round. But what does it mean? What does it mean to finish Hannah Guy? You know what I mean, AJ? What does it mean? No one knows who she is. You know, she's two and one. No one, again, no one knows who she is. And Lareda, she's beating, like, look at the look at her opposition. One and two, oh and one, one and one. This girl's two and one. Like, you know, she's talking about how she wants to be the biggest star in the sport. Well, fight some good competition. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Can't they get her a better fight than this? AJ, this is a walk in the park for this girl. What do you think? Yeah, probably. Uh, Lareda trains to the better camp. She's an American top team fighter. Um, Taekwondo background, that's her thing. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, you can actually see it right there on Tabology. But uh, yeah, uh, very trendy on Instagram, if you if you catch my drift. Um, yeah, I mean, I think she's reasonably talented. I mean, I but like you said, she's very green. I'd like to see her tested a bit more. She's young. She can get better. Not doubting her by any means, but um you know like the trend with this card is yeah they're big favorites they should probably win but i just don't want to touch it from a betting perspective i would just rather uh put my money in spots or have more conviction where there's more data and you know just enjoy the rest of the card there's nothing wrong with enjoying and uh i don't know if it's available by you adam i'm sure it is but just like live betting is always a choice too you know you see you're watching the fight you're paying attention i know you take notes i know you're a smart guy if you see something that is an inefficiency in the market, live betting is always another option to explore. And I plan on doing that this weekend for the first time because uh, there is inefficiencies in the market. And it's not as if, you know, you have to place all your bets pre-fight. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what most people do and I'm still going to do it. But I'm just trying to entertain the idea that there's more options rather than just, you know, this is the end all be all. Just let's look at these odds and, you know, whatever happens, happens throughout the fight. There's there's opportunity. So. Um, I'm actually not a big drinker during these fights, so it helps me stay more engaged, more focused. Um, but yeah, I, I think that'll be uh, an edge. Maybe not so much on this fight, but but maybe in other fights on this card. Who knows? Yeah, and like I said, I like the rating this one. As far as live betting goes, I mean, listen, I've obviously did it too. I've had a lot of success live betting, man. Even not in just MMA, other sports too. But here's the, here's the problem I find with it. I get really addicted to live betting. I just look at the numbers and I'm looking at them change every second. That's the problem with me. They literally change. AJ, you're going to get hooked on it, man. Trust me. It's just like <laughs> the numbers are rolling in front of you. You're just like every punch, every kick, like, you know, every pitch in baseball, like everything changes the number. So it just like kind of makes you nuts. So you got, I don't know. You, I don't, I think it's definitely uh, something to look at, especially you know, for fighters with bad cardio and stuff. You can get some good numbers in round three and stuff like that. But in general, AJ, I just, I like making my pre-fight bets. DraftKings, I'm, I'm good to go. Let's get these comments. Hannah guy is grappling. Notice how to give Valerie your first loss. He's going to bet the plus 400. I don't know. Here's the other thing I was going to say. Live betting is fun. It's more hit, uh, more than I miss watching live. Faye becomes an underdog. Yeah, for sure. Um, The one thing I'll say about this fight, and I noticed this because <laughs> I work for an MMA website, and they asked us, like, I, I not like, I, I'm not really doing interviews these days, but, like, other people were like, uh, hey, do they want to interview Hannah guy, first-round management? And first-round management also manages Lareda. So... Their manager got her this mismatch. <laughs> they matched up two of their clients, AJ, it looks like, and they gave her a really easy fight. But they get wow. this – they're probably like, okay, you're going to get in the UFC to this – or to Bellator. They're like, hey, you're going to get shot in Bellator, but you're fighting Lorena. 
So I'm just saying that's something else to keep in mind here. It's even her management got her in here, but it's a bad fight for them. All right, let's get to this fight. Now, I was talking about the you know odds being lopsided. This fight is a pick of minus 110 each. Jaleel Willis and Mason Mendonca. Probably pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. But uh, give me your thoughts on this one, AJ. It's a really close fight, obviously. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, finally a competitive fight, right? Jeez. I mean, uh, so I did a lot of homework on this. Very unfamiliar to these guys prior to film study. Willis, to me, um, he has like a – supposedly he has a wrestling background, but I, he just doesn't look to wrestle that often. And that's always a bit of a concern I have in general with fighters not really playing to their strengths. Uh, granted, he's a good athlete and a capable striker, but as you're looking through his record, he's not particularly dangerous. He's mainly a decision mm -hmm. fighter. Um, he moves reasonably well. I think he's more technical here than Mendoka. Um, I think he's got just a bit more layers to his game, and he should be able to – and his durability is a bit better. But why I agree with the odds being a bit close is because this is a striking-based fight in all likelihood, and when you got a striking-based fight – um, the variance is a little bit higher than, say, if one guy's got a, a clear grappling and wrestling advantage. And Mendoka is long and rangy. He throws really hard kicks. I think he's got more power of the two. Um, he trains at Kings MMA. He's a decent submission grappler, although he doesn't really use it offensively. He mainly uses it to reclaim guard and scramble back to his feet. So, again, it would be nice if he w went for takedowns because he could maybe impose himself there. But looking at his record, he's got one sub win. Um, so can't count on him. And as you're seeing here, he's been knocked out a couple times. I don't think it'll be an issue here because Willis hasn't shown to be a big, big puncher. Uh, at least that's what his record suggests. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if this fight goes three and um, we just see a very competitive fight. I think Mendoka will be the party that is going to be walking forward more. Willis is comfortable being on his back foot, walking forward more, throwing harder. But Willis is going to be the guy evading and uh, potentially landing the cleaner strike. So I'm going to be interested to see how the judges score that fight if it plays out because we see that sort of dynamic play out. And we see judges score it differently time and time again. Um, I mean, you they say octagon control is factored in, which I believe it is. But um, if the other fighter is just uh, – the other fighter that's on their back foot is just landing cleaner and better, it's it's tough to overlook that. So um, I, am, I am intrigued in this fight. I do think that this is a, a competitive fight. I agree with the odds being competitive. Um, and I, I picked Willis, but like, I'm just, it's not like I have any real sort of conviction on it. You know what I mean? So for sure. I think that's a good breakdown, Adrian. I, I pretty much agree with everything you said, by the way, does this guy look like Gregor Gillespie or just me? kind of looks like I him. thought the same thing. I was like, is this Gregory interviewing? It must be. It kind of, <laughs> it looks like him. I don't know why. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's, it's obviously a competitive fight. Both guys are like, they were just, I think on the cusp of getting UFC and they didn't get in, but they're in Bellator now, and it's a big opportunity for these guys, man. A win here puts them in good position, I think. Um, and 170, they'll probably get a named opponent the next time out. I kind of lean towards a little bit towards Willis, to, to be honest with you, AJ. Just a little bit, you know, because I think that he probably does have the grinding style to, to win the fight. But, yeah, it's definitely a close one, guys, for sure. I mean, the odds are reflective of that. There's some comments going on here. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, they're talking about Valerie and stuff. Pay-per-view, Dizzle. What's going on, man? Valerie over destroyed Valentina. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, let's go to the next couple of fights here. All right, we got all right. The, the last couple of fights are, I think, really good too. Um, mm -hmm. This one is a quality fight. We got Fabian Edwards against Austin Vanderford. And the funniest thing was when this fight was announced, uh, Austin Vanderford goes on his Instagram and he goes, like, he's like Paige Van Zandt's husband versus Leon Edwards' brother. There, I fixed the headline for you guys. Like, I thought that was so funny. Like, <laughs> like he's so, like, he, he knows that, hey, like, 
you know, the reason people talk about he's crying because I'm married to Paige Van Zandt. Uh, and same with Fabian, you know, his brother's obviously young, but he's a quality fighter. Both guys are. And again, Austin's a guy, AJ, he was on contender series. I don't really know why Dana White passed on him. He, he finished his fight. I don't really understand why they passed on him. It was kind of a weird pass, and he's looked great, I think, in Bellator since then. So maybe because he's a grappling-based fighter, I'm not really sure. Maybe it's because they were upset with Pedro Zan at that time. They just wanted to get her out of the UFC. I have no idea, guys. But to me, you know, Dana White did a good job, I think, signing some of the fighters, but he missed out on, on Vanderford, who I think is a quality guy for the middleweight division. I mean, we're always looking for prospects, and here's a guy that's undefeated, and they just passed him. I don't get it. And then Edwards, you know, quality fighter himself, man, very quality. Just came off a loss for the first time, but – He's had some nice wins. This was a really nice score. Is it uh, the flying knee here? There's also like, I think he had an up kick or something. Didn't, yeah, this one. He had an up kick knockout. So he's he's awesome. Odds for this one, AJ, right now, we got Austin Vanderford, minus 260, Fabian Edwards, plus 220. So who are you picking? Paige Van Zandt's husband or Leon Edwards' brother? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is, right? I mean, I was listening to a video, uh, an interview, rather, of Austin Vanderford when uh, Mike Heck was interviewing him. It's he, he seems like such a good guy. He's just, like, embracing that, like, fun role of, of being her uh, – husband and everything and uh yeah i mean like um it's a fight that is high profile and um we see this from time to time where there is a, a fight with high profile big names the odds maybe could make it seem more competitive than they are uh relative to the stylistic matchup that is uh, an example that comes to mind is adesanya versus costa i remember i had a four unit bet on adesanya um I got him at like minus 180, but I remember just like looking at the matchup and going like, well, Israel's got the reach on him. He's more technical. He's just a better striker everywhere, pretty much. He's going to have to be mindful of his P's and Q's around one, but he should win. Yet the odds didn't really reflect that. And I know that the price isn't cheap on Vanderford by any means, but he has a clear wrestling and grappling advantage here, I think. Um, one big takeaway that I saw from Edwards on tape is he could be taken down rather easily and held down. Um, I think he's getting better, but um, he's not, he's not his brother, right? Again, I think it's, it's, I think it's a plus that he trains with his brother and he's close with his brother, but he's, he's not, he's not Leon. Like he's, he's similar to Leon as a striker and that they're both Southpaw, Southpaw kickboxers, but like all he throws is like single shot strikes from the power side, like one off kicks, one off left, um, uh, straight lefts. He has a five inch reach, um, but he doesn't utilize a consistent jab. And Vanderford comes from a wrestling background, BJJ purple belt, competes in um, submission underground grappling bouts. I think Vanderford has shown me enough willingness to close distance, enough pressure. His boxing is actually very underrated combination wise. He keeps uh, he keeps his hands high. He's got a good low kick too, which I think he can have success at. Uh, Fabian stands heavy on his lead leg. And, you know, a thing I like as a striker is Vanderford will circle to the non-power side and all Edwards strikes mainly that he throws are from his power side. So not to say that Edwards won't land on him at all, but I think Vanderford will take away a lot of offense from Edwards, close the distance, get the takedown, I've seen Edwards taken down by guys who I think are inferior wrestlers and athletes relative to Vanderford. And on top, he's a good guard passer. Um, he's not the most dangerous finisher, but what I like about Austin in top position is he 
is active with his ground and pound. So that in theory should mean the referee shouldn't stand him up if he's staying busy. Um, and I think that's a key here. So in theory, Fabian has a way could win standing, but I just, I just don't know if he could keep uh, apologies for that. I just don't know if he could keep off of his back and keep the fight upright enough to win the fight two rounds. I think in theory, he could win by knockout, but I think that's, uh, unlikely considering uh, I just I don't think he's a big power puncher and and Vanderford hasn't been knocked out so despite what you know the, the stakes are high at this fight I just think this is a pretty good style matchup for for the gentleman here his actual nickname Austin Vanderford <laughs> I yeah I, I think that's a I mean great breakdown I agree with you but you know like usually this would be the kind of guy I'm looking at right because he's like a little bit younger he's got the long reach he's high, tall and stuff but I just think stylistically, you know, it's such a good matchup for Austin. Like, I wanted to like Fabian here as a dog, right? Because I'm looking at the odds and I'm like, man, he's a pretty big dog. He's a quality fighter. He was coming off a loss. But then you, like, you just see the the takedown defense, AJ, and Austin Vanderford, I just think, is dominant with the wrestling. I think he takes him down. Question is, is does he finish him or does he go to decision, right? I think Edwards is pretty tough. It probably does go to the distance. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Vanderford did get a finish. I like him here, though, AJ. I mean, he's a pretty big favorite. But I, I do think he rolls here, guys. I like Austin Vanderford in this spot. All right, let's go to the co-main event. Darian Caldwell, the Wolf against Leandro Higo. This is the rematch. Caldwell won the first time by submission. And right now, for odds for the rematch, minus 335 for the Wolf and plus 275 for Higo. And the odds of the first fight closed at minus 400 for Caldwell. It's basically very similar odds. So, uh, AJ, do you think it's going to be a similar fight or do you think it's going to be a little different? Give me your thoughts. I think it could be different, to be honest with you, man. Like, I, whenever you see a clear result, in a first fight, people will think it could conveniently happen again. Just like when Connor knocked out Dustin the first time in the first round, it seems so obvious he could do it again. But there's just always reason to believe that these fighters can make adjustments. It, again, it could happen. It could, the same result could have happened there, but it, it's not a guarantee. Um, when I look at this fight, like Caldwell's a better athlete, he's a better wrestler. He should be able to land takedowns. What I don't like about Caldwell is he's just so inactive while standing he is just like so unwilling to engage he will like stand all the way back and then he'll throw like one kick at a time and then he'll what i do like about him is he closes distance very well he'll, he'll be ex he'll, he'll shoot an explosive shot and set it up well and he'll take the guy down with consistency but again that's just like all of his offense like his striking is just a means to an end just to get the takedown and in top position He's not the most active with his ground and pound. And I don't think he's the most responsible submission grappler from top position. Like just looking at his losses, he got submitted by Kyoji Horiguchi, which again, it's not a bad loss losing to, to Kyoji, who's a stud, but it's how he lost. He took Kyoji down pretty much at will. And then in round three, after he already had Kyoji on his back, Kyoji just reached for his neck, grabbed the guillotine and just squeezed and got him to tap. Similar to the AJ McKee fight. Again, it's not bad losing to AJ McKee on paper. Far from it. But it's how he lost. He took AJ McKee down, and then AJ McKee got him in, like, just – it's hard for me to describe even. Like, he just – he stuck his head on one side. AJ McKee just locked up his arms and his legs and was able to get, like, like a like a guillotine neck crank-ish type tap. So he's the guy in top position. Therefore, in theory, he shouldn't be getting submitted unless if it's some kind of crucial mistake. He's a BJJ blue belt. He goes a BJJ black belt, trains with the Pitbull brothers. Um, I think 
Higo could be a sub threat from guard here just based on the defense I've seen from Caldwell on top. Um, I think Higo could win standing. He's more willing to engage. I think he's got more layers to his striking. But he just doesn't move his head at all, Higo. Like, he gets hit clean often. Like, not kidding. Like, that fight against uh, Bunch, mm -hmm. he was losing that fight up until he pulled guard for the guillotine. Like, 100% losing that fight. And so his record says one thing, you know, people might think, oh, he's got a decent record. He beat Bandejas. You know, he, he's fought some good guys. <sighs> he's got holes in his game, just with all due respect. He's got holes. Um, so what I'm trying to get at here is I'm siding with Caldwell, but it's just at this line, I wouldn't do it. I, I know, again, it, it may seem easy and convenient to just look at the first fight and go like, oh, yeah, I think Caldwell could do it again. But I just... It was just so weird. He just took Higo down. Higo gave up his neck, and then he just squeezed for the guillotine. That was the only time Higo's lost by sub. So long-winded, but what I'm trying to say is I just – I can't trust Caldwell at this price. I can't, even though he's more proven in everything in the former champ. I just – I'm not a big fan of his style, to be totally honest. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I think he wins the fight. Honestly, guys, like I, I like Caldwell um, probably a little bit more than AJ, I would say, um, just because I do think he's got that – yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, AJ, no worries. I mean, like, listen, like, he's not the, the best fighter, but I just think this is a good matchup for him. Higo, who I think he can take down and control. But again, like you said, AJ, the price is pretty high, and this guy does have some subs. But uh, I don't know, Caldwell's – I don't know. We'll see. The one thing I'll say is he's moving back down to, to Bantamweight. We should mention that. His last few fights were at Featherweight, so that loss to McKee was at Featherweight. Last time he was at Bantamweight, he lost back-to-back -back fights to Horiguchi, right? So I think that was – yeah, that was a Featherweight. So – that's something to keep in mind. Maybe it's a tough wake-up for him. You know, maybe it's hard for him to get to this weight. Um, we'll see. He's 33 now. He was, how old was he the first time he fought? He was 30. So gets harder to cut weight the older you get. But he's a Sanford MMA guy, AJ. You know I love that, man. Not every time. But not every time because every, every situation is different. I didn't like Chandler last week. He was a Sanford. It doesn't, like, every fight's different. What are you going to say? I know you want to say something. Make a point. Yeah, so um, one thing to point out for those in the chat that haven't watched the second Horiguchi fight, like a lot of people live thought Caldwell won because he was taking Horiguchi down, but he lost in the scorecards because he just did nothing from top position. Horiguchi was doing more damage. That's why he won the fight the second time. Yeah. Um, I had a bet on Horiguchi, and I, I thought I was going to lose it. But um, just, again, it's he's not – I'm not a big fan of his just style, but like to your point, he probably wins, so – yeah. All right. Let's get to the main event. The rematch between Chris Cyborg and Leslie Smith. I don't know who's asking for this rematch, but we're getting it. Um, the odds are pretty crazy. Minus 1450 for Chris Cyborg, plus 950 Leslie Smith. They did fight five years ago in the UFC. It was a 140 uh, pound catchweight fight, and Cyborg won in like the first minute via knockout. Uh, I'll say this you know, the, when I saw the fight initially, I'm like, man, this fight's a joke. Like, are you kidding me? But I will say this as much as I, 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 as I still think that's the case, We've got to give Leslie Smith a little bit more credit than that because if you look at who she's beaten recently, she has a win over Irene Aldana and Amanda Limos. Those are both good wins, okay? Let's give her a little bit more respect. Um, this, this is a woman who's been around for a long time. She has good wins on her resume. She's very tough. The one fight she got knocked out and she didn't get knocked out, her ear fell off against Jessica Guy. Um, this fight she got knocked out, but this fight if I, her ear fell off. I mean, she's super tough. I just think at age 38, AJ, she, you know, she's never been defensively sound. Um, and I just feel like all the damage is probably added up, but I just want to, I just think she deserves a little more credit. Cause like everyone's talking about Lemos now as a contender and Aldana as a contender. Well, she beat them both. So let's give her a little bit more credit. 
at the same time, though, I think anyone against Chris Cyborg that's not name of Man News is going to be a massive underdog. That's the case here. Obviously, Cyborg, the one lost to Nunes. That's it, though. Um, look at the resume. I mean, it's it's one of the best we could, we've ever seen. I mean, Adrian, what's the angle here? You, you, you go with Cyborg inside the distance, maybe something like that. Let's take a look. Cyborg by knockout, minus 215. Cyborg inside the distance, minus 500. Is that something you're interested in, AJ? Cyborg inside the distance, minus 500? Eh, um, <laughs> that seems well, like, mo- like I don't think it go. I don't think it would go the distance. I don't think it will go five rounds. I don't. I don't see any way. You know, like I think that if you're going to bet on the fight, like that's a better line than minus fourteen fifty. But go ahead. Well, to your point, Smith is really tough. I mean, she's tough as nails. Mm-hmm. That's no doubt about it. Um, but it's just when I watch film, like, and I don't really like to compare fighters to one another in general, just because I think it's just. A lot of fighters just don't have similar styles, but like, I think Cyborg just has a very, they both have very similar styles to one another, but Cyborg is just much better at it. She's just more athletic. She hits harder. She's more aggressive and technical and uh, faster. Um, Smith, to your point, just, she doesn't move her head like at all. Nope. (laughs) Um, She's just so willing to take damage and just, it just seems like just such a poor matchup for her. I mean, even well, and even um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cyborg even take this thing to the ground. Uh, one thing I noticed on tape is she has been more willing to wrestle in Bellator. Um, mm-hmm. She's always had a, a strong grounded game. BJ, she's been a, a black belt for years in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. She just we didn't get to see it that often in the UFC, but um, <laughs> she just picked up her first. Uh, Renee choke win or submission win against Arlene Blanco last time out, which was a surprise when I found that out. And Smith just she doesn't have good takedown defense. So like Cyborg could win the fight on the feet. She could win the fight on the ground. Um, well, Cyborg by submission is plus five hundred guys, and she did win her last fight by submission. So maybe that's the way to go here because that's a those are crazy odds for a girl that's oh, I shouldn't say a girl. <laughs> She's older than me, but a fighter that's minus fourteen fifty. And you're getting a prop on her that's realistic at plus 500. Maybe that's the way to go here, AJ. I still kind of feel like she's going to probably finish her strikes. But you're right. I mean, she has been grappling more. And she has great grappling, by the way. Her grappling's so underrated, right, AJ? Like, mm-hmm. when you really watch her fights, you're like, you just wonder, like, if she just, like if she grappled with a man in years, maybe she would have won that fight. She was willing to stand bang and got caught. But I, I don't know. I don't Smith, the way she wins her fights, as we know, is kind of by being very good at, you know, volume and, and cardio. And that worked in some of her fights at the UFC. I don't think it's going to work in this one, AJ. But again, you know, the, the odds are high. So you want to look at props, I think, for this one. And again, I think Cyborg by Submission is realistic, guys. Plus 500? That'd be something to, to maybe take a small stab at. Look at the look at the predictions for the for the fans. That's crazy, eh? 98 to 2. That'd be funny yeah. if Leslie Smith went in there and knocked her out. But again, I don't play these huge trades. I don't have any interest in that. Anyways, AJ, um, overall... Um, I mean, it's a pretty good card. There's some big names on it. it. Looks like there's a lot of mismatches. We'll probably see a few upsets though. So, but I will say this: you know, these Bellator cards have been really entertaining, especially during like COVID. Especially here in like uh, Ontario, there's you, you can't really do anything in the public right now. Um, so it's just like nice to like have something to do on Friday nights because you can't go anywhere really. So it's good. Um, we've got a few minutes left here, AJ. We'll, we can quickly talk about UFC, but again, I did it with Marcel a few days ago, and I, I really encourage you guys to go back and watch the podcast. I don't want to go over it fully again but i will you know ask aj like i asked him last week oops um and the week before i asked you for a live dog aj give me a live dog in this card aj ufc uh fight now you know i'll pull the odds up give me a second here 
take a look at the odds for this card. Um, I'm excited for this card, though. I will say that, man. I can't wait for this one. It should be a good card. Let's pull up the odds here, guys. Alrighty. Oops. That's not it. One sec, guys. Sorry. All right. Yeah, it should be a good card, AJ. I'm looking forward to this one, man. Um, let's see here. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So I wanted a live dog from you, okay? Give me a, give me a live dog on this card. Um. Well, okay. So I'll give out somebody different because there's just a video released of, of me giving out a live dog in another podcast. Oh, okay. So, no worries. No worries. Um. So, and this is risky, no doubt about it. But Jared Vandera, um, at plus one fifty. Yeah. So, one thing the public loves to do is they just love to write off fighters that just lost in their debut for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Like, cause that's all we saw. So like, mm -hmm. therefore people think like they can't win at the UFC level. Um, but like Vandera, and I know you're a big stats guy in this regard is, is four inches taller. He's got six yep. inches of reach. Um, top is more dangerous. I thought his striking looked better than ever last time mm -hmm. out, but, uh, Bandera's got that, and then even I think he's got the better ground game. I know he got schooled by Spivak, but if there is some grappling here, I think it would more than likely come from Bandera. Um, Black Belt and BJJ, high school wrestling background, and um, we haven't seen it yet in the UFC, but I remember looking back on Tafa's regional footage and just his grappling is not good, man. I mean, granted, it could have improved in the meantime, but I've seen mm -hmm. him mounted, reversed. I mean, you name it, he got exposed. So... Um, He's also more experienced as Vandera. So I, I think he is uh, – I'm going to go a little ballsy here than I did in the past because he's, you know, plus 150 and said, you know, maybe plus 100 is what I recommend the past couple times. So uh, he would be a guy I would be looking at. What are your thoughts on that matchup? I think it's a dog or pass probably, man. I don't really trust Taffet uh, as a big – he's not like a big favorite. He's minus 175. I just don't have interest in this, this fight from a betting point of view from – from Tapa's point of view, I do think there's going to be a finish in this fight from like DFS. I'll talk about tomorrow on Elite Fantasy Podcast. So I think there's probably going to be a finish in this fight. So that'd be a fight I'm going to play, AJ, in quite a few of my lineups. Um, I think it's probably Dogger Pass. I'm kind of with you, but I lean a little towards Tafa, I guess, just because I thought his striking is, man, it looks pretty explosive, guys. I mean, he knocked some dudes out cold in Australia. Like, he's got some good knockout power. I just wondered about the defense and I wonder about the ground game, quite frankly, too. So, I have a lot of question marks, AJ. That's why I want to see a bit more. But um, I don't know. I don't trust Vandera enough right now. So, But I do think he has a chance, obviously, as a big heavyweight, as a big dog. Well, I'm just looking at the card right now. There was Based on the odds we talked about the other day, I think I picked three underdogs. But there's a couple I'm, I am looking at, guys. <sighs> okay, so AJ gave me – I've been pretty good, I think, with these the last couple of weeks, I believe. I think I've been nailing them. I gave Muniza last week, I think. That one won. Um, yep. man, this one's tough this week. Uh, all right. You know, this fight's close guys, but I kind of think that, uh, Piva can be Dvorak. I'm not sure your thoughts on this fight, AJ, but I think he can win this fight. And, and I talked about this the other day with Marcel. I think it's a super close fight. It's a flyaway fight, probably goes a distance, but the difference is watching their fights. Piva's constantly walking forward. He's always moving forward. And this is why he won his last fight against uh, Jalga Jumagulov, which he might have, he probably should have lost, but the judges in their in their mind, in a close flyaway fight where there's so much happening, so many strikes landed or whatever, they see a guy moving forward. It's just an easy thing for them to score. Um, in a close round, AJ, I've noticed that. It's just easy. You're like, okay, well, he was walking forward, even though it's not the best way to score fights. And 
I like this kid. He's a little bit younger. He's training with Uriah Faber right now. He's got improving striking. Um, he, he knocked out De La Rosa two fights ago. I, I like his striking. I mean, I don't like how hittable he is. He doesn't move his head enough for me, which I don't like. But, you know, Dvorak, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's so untested, really. Like, his two wins in the UFC, to me, are not that great, really. Um, Bruno Silva's a decent win, but the, the Espinosa win, I mean, who cares, really? Like, that, that's not a big win at all. Whereas Paiva, you know, has fought some pretty good guys and been really competitive, like with Care France and even Bontrillo for the cut stop. And so... I'm not sure what you think about this fight, AJ. I actually kind of like Paiva a little bit as a dog. What do you think? Yeah, I can see him winning. I, I think it's a close fight. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be contested on the feet, like you said. Um, they're both technical. Uh, and Dvorak, I'm not... So as somebody who bet Paiva against Jim Gulab, I, I had a pretty big bet on him. Um, I, to your point, I, I did not... I was not sure if I won that fight. I thought he kind of underperformed. Um, like I thought he looked good against Kaya Kara France. I thought he looked pretty good against De La Rosa prior to the knockout. It was kind of close, but then against Juma Gulab, there was a couple times where he backed him up against the fence and it looked like there was opportunities to land and he just didn't let his hands go. Um, I'm not trying to discourage anybody. If you really like Paiva, I'm just trying to justify why maybe I don't want to bet him in the spot. Mm -hmm. I just think that while he is very skilled and, um, he trains at Team Alpha Male. He's a BJJ brown belt. I think he's very well-rounded. I just would like to see a little bit more consistency out of him, if that makes sense. Like, I think you can make a very good argument that he should be 4-0 in the UFC mm -hmm. uh, because the, you know, the split decision, uh, people said robbery to France and uh, the Bontarine cut was a little bizarre. But um, he's as durable as they come. Um, I think he's he's very talented. I wrote him up as one of my prospects to watch. I actually wrote the same about Dvorak as well. So I tend to think we have a pretty competitive uh, striking base fight. Another guy throws with yeah. a ton of power, both technical. I mean, it could be a 50-50-ish fight. Yeah, but again, you know, in a close fight like that, I got to look for edges. And when I see the guy who's a little bit younger, a little bit longer reach, a little bit taller, a little bit more active with his striking, I think that's a guy that I can uh, see winning the fight as a dog. So – yeah, I mean, overall, I can't wait for this card, personally, AJ. I'm looking forward to it. But again, I really encourage you guys to check out the full podcast from Tuesday where me and Marcel went through the whole card. Um, I'm not sure. Like, are you are you able to, to give out any of your plays, or, or is that behind a paywall right now? Is it, it Are you allowed to or no? I mean, I could share predictions. I mean um... – Yeah, I mean, we already did it, though, I, with Marcel, right? I don't want to really rehash the whole card. I'm going to talk about it tomorrow, too, for Elite. Um, give, me, give me one more. Give me one more guy that you like. Uh, give me – okay, how about the main event? We should do the main event. That's fair. Let's do the main sure. event, um, and then we'll get out of here. Cody Garbrandt, Rob Font. I love the fight. It's basically a pickup too, AJ. Um, two guys that obviously hit extremely hard. It's a close fight, obviously, guys, according to odds. I, I did pick Font. Um, I think Marcel picked Font too, I believe. I think ultimately the durability of Garbrandt to me is – I have too many questions about the durability, but I know that his speed and power are right there, so – like for me, it's it's a slight lean towards Font um, because of the durability, but Garbrandt obviously has a Padres chance here too. So, what do you think, AJ? So, before I researched this fight, I actually thought I was going to bet Font because um, of that reach, and um, he showed mm -hmm. me historically yep. durable. Um, and then I watched tape, and like um, <sighs> I saw him get rocked by Minos, I saw him get mm -hmm. rocked by Scott Sal and Simone, and. Um, He's got the reach, which could help him win for sure. Um, and, and he's got the durability edges. But I think to your point, Cody, um, I mean, honestly, Cody's debatably the, dare I say, the fastest guy in the UFC. 
hand speed wise. I mean, his hands just come fast, like fastballs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and he throws them really hard. Um, yep. I liked the fact that he fought more composed against the Sun Sao. A, a composed Cody Garbrandt is a championship level fighter, but um, it was just one fight. Like we talked about with the last fight, I want to see more consistency out of fighters. And um, it's all fine and good to assume Cody is changed. He, you know, credited the uh, camp in New Jersey with Mark Henry, which is a great camp for a lot of his, uh, you know, success and more to come on that. But I, he didn't really get like, like in the Munoz fight, for instance, like he got headbutt or not, like he got a little bit discouraged early on. And even like the Dillashaw rematch, like he got cracked hard and he just, the game plan just went out the window. Like he just mm -hmm. kind of fell apart. So I wonder if just Font, because Font does have a very stinging jab, just like his buddy Calvin Cater does, very good straight punches. I wonder if Font is able to frustrate him at range and then cause Cody to just go berserker like his old habit. Um, maybe he's a changed guy, but I don't, I don't, I can't confirm that because the Asunso fight was just, it was one fight. Um, and so I actually, I guess it's contrarian because I've heard a lot of people pick Font. I actually slightly lean with Cody because speed is not end all be all, but I think it's very important, especially when it's a clear advantage in favor of one guy. And um, my eyes tell me that Cody's the better fighter, but God, it's not like I don't, it's not like I strongly disagree with the batting odds. I, I do think it's close to a 50, 50 fight. Like they're, they're both boxers. It's going to be contested on the feet in all likelihood. Cody's got the wrestling background, but he just doesn't offensively wrestle really. So mm -hmm. um, I, I picked Garbrandt, but like, you know, knockout either way wouldn't surprise me. Um, I guess I would be a little bit more confident in Cody if it goes to decision, but um, mm -hmm. there's a legit chance it just doesn't go five rounds, especially in the smaller cage. Yeah, that's the other thing. And also no fans again, so no fans influencing the uh, the judges like last mm -hmm. time. Um, yeah, I mean, I think – I hope – I just I, – I, I still just got to go with Font because of the durability. But I do think that Cody could win the fight too for sure. I'm not disrespecting him by any means. But at the end of the day, I got to make a pick here, AJ. You know what I mean? And the edge for me is Font just having a better chin. And I think it's going to be a, a, a slugfest. Because Cody fights emotionally like you talked about. Like he doesn't fight – the smartest to be honest with you i think that he has a really clear path with the wrestling here if he wanted to um i don't think font's wrestling is that great against simone he got taken down he got he got back up but and he won the decision but you know aj i think if garbett really pushed the the wrestling you know maybe he's surprised maybe he does maybe he does he's promising a new improved version he hasn't fought in a while maybe he comes in here and, and he has a great performance but i don't know guys i just think that his chin is a massive massive question mark so i'm kind of banking on font uh, probably knocking him out. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I actually think there's going to be quite a few finishes on this card, AJ. So I'm, I'm from DraftKings perspective, I can't wait because I think the you know the the, the number one score optimal team is going to be like maybe like 700 points, like UFC 261 a few weeks ago. There was like 730. That Valentina got like 150 points herself or something crazy. So mm -hmm. going to be a good card. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it, guys. It should be going. But again, I encourage you guys to go back and watch the podcast, Marcel. All right, AJ, let's get out of here, man. Uh, plug all your stuff, dude. I know you got some other websites you're writing for and doing podcasts with, obviously. Go ahead. 
Yeah, uh, contribute to Daily Fan MMA. I'm super thrilled to uh, announce that I did the DraftKings picks for uh, Pat Mayo's channel, the media. Oh, Mayo nice. Media there Network. you go. There you go. Yeah, I stepped in for Brett this week, keeping his seat warm. Um, <laughs> and I gave up four picks totally for free. So you want to go to Mayo Media Network? I'm actually going to yep. retweet it as well after. Um, have multiple bets up for not just this event, but also um, all the way up until like UFC 263. So um, I got some max bets in there. I got some big plays, um, a lot of content up. We've got the main card breakdowns live for UFC Vegas 27. And uh, yeah, as always, super thrilled to uh, chop it up with you, Adam. Good luck to you. Good luck to everybody in the chat. Good luck to everybody in the community. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, AJ. Like, I love having you on the show, man. It's great. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin, obviously. And uh, definitely got to, I noticed some new people in the videos this week. So that's awesome, man. That's what I want. You want to grow it. You know, it's, there's a lot of different betting podcasts out there. And I encourage you to watch all of them, obviously. But I think we have a really good thing going here, me, AJ, and then with Marcel, obviously, as well. So I definitely think we have a good podcast. I'm excited that you're, you're on with you on Thursday, AJ. I always look forward to talking about Belcher with you, man. So that's good. Um, yeah. So maosbaker.com is the home of the podcast. Um, and then Elite Fancy Elite Betting tomorrow. I'll have the uh, my podcast with Duke at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's when we do it. I give all my DFS picks. I'm giving out my bets. To be honest, AJ, like I haven't finalized my bets. I'm looking at probably like five or six bets on this card, man. Like I actually do like this card for bets, guys. A lot of really closely lined fights, which I prefer personally. And I do see some edges in some of those fights. So I'll have that up tomorrow. Elite Betting, Elite Fancy. Again, that's behind a paywall, but you know, I've had some people join and man, they're they've been happy so far. Like um my advice has been pretty damn good so far so i'm excited about that guys i put the work in so does aj so does marcel and i appreciate you guys joining us so for me for aj for marcel I'll be back on monday 4 p.m eastern we'll recap ufc vegas 22 um for next week yeah i mean i'll, I'll probably have you back on aj if you want on thursday i'm not sure what we'll uh, i don't know if there's an event next weekend or not but we'll find something to talk about anyways all right so aj i'll talk to you then but uh, you guys have a great weekend and talk to you soon